It's time for the Luca Rosano Show. Here's your host, Luca Rosano. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Luca Rosano Show presented by Dave and Buster's Vaughn. And I'm super happy to be joined by this week's guest, Raptors 905 guard, Dwayne Notice. And he is the host of Take Notice. He's got it himself in the podcasting game as well recently. Dwayne, how's it going, my man? It's going good. I'm, I'm feeling good. Just started walking again, being able to move and have more mobility within my Achilles um, coming off this injury. So it's been good. Like you said, just starting up this podcast process has been interesting but fun. A couple of Vaughn guys getting together for this podcast. You got to <laughs> love it. There's some yeah. uh, homegrown roots in this one. Uh, take me through the injury and uh, what has your day-to-day been as you recover from that devastating injury that took you out, of course? Well, I mean, it starts back to, you know, playing with 9-5 last year, the season cutting short, um, basically right before our playoffs and, you know, taking a couple months off. And then from there, um, you know, the CBL did a good job of putting together the summer league, that summer series, basically allowing us to play basketball after, the, you know, the lockdown and shutdown. So I thought it was a tremendous opportunity for me just to raise my stock and continue to get better as a basketball player and to play in front of my family and friends. And I was playing for the Hamilton Honey Badgers. And in the third game, I was having a really good game. I had like 28 points and it was the fourth quarter. Um, it was Elam ending style of basketball. And at the end of the game, I just kind of just made a regular basketball move. I went to go run and I just fell. And when I fell, I knew something was wrong. Um, everybody was looking at me weird. So I knew something was like uh, different. And um, yeah, I got carried off. I went to the doctors in the hospital and I found out like I ruptured my Achilles. And I was like, wow, like this is crazy. And then, uh, since then, I've been recovering. I had surgery. Um, I actually saw the same doctor that saw um, Kevin Durant when he tore his Achilles against Toronto Raptors um, in the playoff series here. Um, so I got to see a specialist and um, just been recovering every day, day to day, just been going to rehab. So just doing weights, um, watching a lot of game film and on the basketball court three times a week, just doing ball handling and just shooting. How have you stayed uh, mentally prepared during the pandemic? I'm sure that was uh, or has been a major step uh, setback, you know, as as you being a professional athlete. Take me through the mental game you've been going through uh, throughout these uh, last couple of months. Yeah, it's different um, because, you know, as, as professional basketball players, we, we tend to kind of live our lives based off of structure. And then because of the lockdown and the pandemic, it kind of changes that. Um, and it breaks the cycle and the rhythm of what we do throughout the day. So every day we, you know, we have shoot around at this time or practice at this time and usually eat here or there. And then after that, you might go back to the gym to lift or get some shots up if you don't have a game that day. So it's pretty routine. It's, it's not mundane. It's pretty fun, but it's routine. And now it's just like every day is kind of unexpected. It's really unpredictable. So that does a lot to your mental. You have to learn how to kind of cope with that. And then just being inside as athletes are used to traveling a lot. Um, you, you're, you're used to interaction, you're used to playing in front of a, of a crowd and being in that atmosphere. So now you're kind of being forced to be more self-aware and self-reflective because you're by yourself a lot. So the NBA G League couldn't finish last season, obviously due to the pandemic, uh, and it may return out either fully or partially in a bubble. We saw how effective that was for the NBA as they finished off their season. What's the status right now of the NBA G League uh, and will you guys be playing soon? Well, last that I checked um, after I had to work out last week, this past week was just that they're waiting to see how the success of the NBA startup this next season um, starting in December um, goes. So if that successfully happens in the new year, 
hopefully in January, February, they'll be able to kick off the G League season. But that's just what I've heard so far. I don't really know the details and the ins and outs of it, but I'm just hoping to look forward to possibly sign with the Raptors 905 again, but this time as a, a practice player due to my injury um, and, and be able to kind of, you know, um, still be attached to the game and still be able to be at practice and, um, you know, just learn and also give my advice and, and continue to get better until I'm able to play next year. That's awesome. And uh, given everything you've had to go through, how optimistic are you that you can make a full recovery and once again return to a position that you were before all this? I feel very optimistic. Um, I was very fortunate to have relationships with a lot of people who have been in similar situations. My my friend Miles Travis, he recovered from an Achilles tear um, within seven months. And then um, just seeing Kevin Durant and how he responded to his injury um, guys like Rudy Gay, um, yeah. Wesley Matthews. Um, and then I had the pleasure of playing with Dwight Powell for Team Canada, um, who plays with Dallas Mavericks. So we've been working out for the past like two months and a half. And he's in like month eighth or ninth of his recovery process. He tore his Achilles last season um, and he's looking explosive. So it kind of gives me like that kind of um, optimistic uh, mindset. And it gives me that motivation and inspiration that I can get back from any injury. So I, I feel really good. I'm actually really ahead of my process right now. Awesome. Um, I'm ahead of my protocols um, with the doctor kind of gave me. So I'm hitting milestones pretty quickly. So I'm pretty optimistic about that. That's awesome to hear. I wish you a speedy recovery. And I hope to see you back on the court very, very soon, Dwayne. Um, let's, um, let's switch gears now to uh, a very eventful Raptors offseason. I know you had a close eye on it, just like all of us. Let's talk about the first major uh, move that happened, and that was uh, bringing back Fred Van Vliet as he signed to a four-year, $85 million contract with the Raptors. How inspiring is it to see a guy who used to play for Raptors 905 go on to get a big payday? Um, it's very inspiring. Um, he, he came to the locker room a lot of times, and just to see him and have his humble demeanor and just, you know, be so attached to the roots of, like you said, being a part of the non five organization and be basically being an underdog and embodying that and um, embracing that process and then rising through the ranks to become one of the, you know, the leaders of the team today in the franchise. Um, I think it's pretty impressive and it's just a testament to his hard work and it shows you that you're capable of anything. And, you know, he was undrafted and he was still able to now make the money that he's making, and he's definitely worth it and even more. So um, I'm very happy that he's able to get the money with the Raptors and um, stay with us because I feel like he's a part of our culture. Um, Raptors in Toronto, that city kind of has that underdog mentality, especially when it comes to the rest of North America sports. So um, just having Fred Fleet be the face of that I think is awesome. And then uh, your former teammate on Raptors 905, Chris Boucher, went on to sign a two-year, $13.5 million contract with the Raptors. What can you tell us about Chris Boucher from the time uh, you spent playing with him? I was extremely happy for him. Um, first of all, he's Canadian, you know, so that's, that's always a plus. But also what he's been through. Um, he endured a crazy ACL injury, and he had to go through that. And um, playing with the Warriors and their G League team and then going through another injury, then coming over to us and then having an outstanding year, my first year being a veteran leader on my team and trying to show me the ins and outs. And the Raptors fans can expect a lot. He plays hard. Um, he's a two-way player. He's very passionate on defense as well as his offense. He can shoot the ball extremely, extremely well for someone at his size and his height. Um, and he's definitely not afraid. He competes. He blocks shots. He's very athletic. Um, everybody knows he has extreme bounce. He has good hands. Like, I can say about him, man. Like, he can get the rebound. He's going coast-to-coast, dunking it, getting an and one. Um, <laughs> you know, all he has to do is get a little stronger, but he's doing that. So, 
Um, I think the Raptors are going to be excited about his play and his effort, and he showed it the last season. Whenever he got his opportunity to play in short spurts, he would show yeah. how well he could play and compete. Um, he's very efficient in those short times. So the fact that he's getting paid that money, I know it's a life changer for him. Just knowing him and his lifestyle and his family, I know that he's very ecstatic about the opportunity to become like a multimillionaire. So I'm happy for him about that. That's awesome to hear. Uh, Dwayne, I want to ask you about another guy, uh, Paul Watson. He signed a two-way deal uh, with the Raptors in January and immediately began you know, making a name for himself in the G League. Fans are excited to see what he has uh, in store for this coming uh, season. Uh, having played with Watson as well, what can you tell us about his game and uh, how good can this guy be? Um, the ceiling is, is, is not there. Like, he's he's that. That's how good he is. Like, wow. he has potential. Um, he's like 6'6". He has great size. He's athletic. He, could, he dunks everything in practice. Um, and he's an assassin. He has a lot of moves. His footwork is really good. He's a scorer. Like, that's just like his thing. He can score at all three levels. He can shoot the three ball really well. He can shoot mid-range. And then he has real crafty moves when it comes to getting inside the paint. Like I said, he's athletic. He's caught a couple bodies. Um, um, When I first met him, I thought he was just a shooter. Like, just all he could do is catch it and shoot it. But um, after playing with him with uh, the G League Select team and having that opportunity, then having him get traded to come play with us, um, Raptors 905, just seeing his growth has just been crazy. Like, his game has evolved. I think the Raptors would be excited about him. Like, he could definitely turn out to be, like, a really good wing player for us if, if we um, allow him to get the opportunity. That's awesome to hear. Uh, Dwayne, two of uh, your former teammates, and uh, Dewan Hernandez and Malcolm Miller, will not be back with the mm -hmm. team. Uh, have you reached out to any of those players? If so, uh, could you give us anything on, on what they've said? I haven't spoken to Dewan, but I know Malcolm um, is, is, is hurt, but he's also thankful for the opportunity to be a part of Toronto and the organization for so long. Um, you know, he's been such a focal point, especially for the team, but also in the city. Just He kind of embodies the attitude of what it means to be Canadian. Um, and I know that he was just kind of every every locker room needs someone like Malcolm Miller, like one of those guys that are going to be positive all the time, and um, they're going to push you. But also, like I said, they're gonna they're gonna make sure they show that they support you and they care about you off the court as much as they do on it. So um, we're gonna miss Malcolm, especially being here in Toronto. But he's gonna be a friend for mine for life. Moving on to some other uh, players the Raptors lost, uh, Serge Ibaka and Marcus All. Were you surprised that the team lost both of them? No, I mean, we heard that, um, you know, uh, Marcus All was, was leaving anyways, um, you know, when the, when, when the pandemic kind of um, hit or after the bubble. And, um, you know, Serge, I, I heard a little him, like people were trying to recruit him for a while, just, you know, from Kevin Durant um, to other, other teams. So um, I, was, I was actually surprised that we drafted two guards. I thought that we were going to secure a big just in case that that happened. But um, we were still able to pivot and get some some bigs that were, you know, probably the best bigs on the market yeah. um, that were available this year. Um, so you know, you gotta commend Masai for that. But yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't know that Serge was gonna leave. I thought he, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, he's getting good money. He's gonna be reunited with Kawhi and yeah. be in LA. And, you know, he, you know, he's part of he's, his sponsorships and his brand continues to grow. So it might be a great opportunity for him off the court, just business wise, um, for Serge Ibaka. Yeah, I'll be honest, the Sergio Baca move shocked me, especially since he was, uh, he took a picture, what, on his private jet, you know, kind of trolling everybody, saying where he was going to go. So I thought, okay, if he's going to do that, he's going to return. But the fact that he actually did go to LA and we lose another guy to LA, I yeah. mean, that, that caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it, was, it was definitely tough, especially because he, like, he was playing some of his best basketball as a Raptor in the yeah. bubble. So, 
Um, it's kind of tough to see him leave on a high note like that just. But, you know, he gave so much to our organization, won a championship with us. You couldn't ask for anything more. Um, so you did mention you were a little bit surprised that we did go with two guards. But overall, what do you think of the names this team did bring in? Obviously, you alluded to uh, bringing in some of the bigs, uh, you know, Baines, uh, Alex Len, and then we draft our two guards. Uh, what are your overall takeaways? I mean, I like the bigs because the style of offense that Nick Nurse has, um, it kind of complements that. You need someone that's like a point forward type of offense where, you know, the big man is able to play the trail. They're able to swing the basketball. They're able to set screens and be able to do uphill DHOs and roll to the basket. You don't want to – you know, we don't really need a big in Nick Nurse's offense that's going to be like a catch in the post, face-up guy. Um, you need someone that's going to have the ability to make some shots when they pop it, um, which Baines could kind of step out, I think, you know, 15 to 18 feet, and then maybe he worked on it ball you know um and then Alex Len same thing but I think that you know those bigs are good for the offense so I can't really um fault us for the moves that we made when it came to that and then when it comes to the guards I know Malachi is a really good guard like I watched him play um and he was really good he kind of embodies the same kind of attributes that Fred Van Fleet kind of has where yeah. they're like more subtle assassins on the court with that kind of character and even just with their movements and just you know Malachi being a smaller type of guard but still being able to be effective on the offensive end um just kind of embodies is what Fred Fleet's able to do with the basketball when he's scoring. Very well said. And I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, Dwayne. Overall, what grade would you give the Raptors offseason? Uh, I, would pro- I would probably give them a B plus just because, like, get, like, landing Fred was big. Like, I think that, you know, you know, Fred definitely felt like he could make a lot of money elsewhere. And I think a lot of teams were kind of vying for pushing for him. Um, you know, he could have went anywhere else, but the fact that we we're able to get the money that he felt like he deserved and also keep him here. And it's a great kind of transcending kind of thing when uh, Kyle Lowry kind of eventually does want to retire, hopefully does retire as a Raptor. Yeah. And we kind of have Fred Van Fleet that can kind of step up because Fred is 26 so, or 26, 27. So he's still, you know, not even at the peak of his prime. So um, to make him kind of the guard of the future for our franchise to be like a, a Kyle Lowry part two. But even better, um, I think it's going to be great for us. Yeah, I agree. I think that was a big get. Uh, that was our top priority, of course, uh, according to Masai and, and Bobby Webster. I would agree with you. I would say B plus, at worst B minus. But for people who are overreacting and saying you know less than that, I uh, I, I think that's uh, total. You know what? Like this team did yeah. make some solid moves, and I still think they will be competitive and in the thick of things in the Eastern Conference. So I'm excited to see what this upcoming season has in store. Uh, Dwayne, I'm having uh, you know a great time talking basketball with you, and you actually have your your own podcast. Why don't you tell uh, the viewers and listeners uh, a little bit about uh, the podcast that you host on YouTube and all platforms? Uh, take notice. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, take notice is basically a, a platform where I kind of interview my athletic friends, um, whether it be professional basketball players in the NBA or in the WNBA or whether it be female staff or coaches from the NCAA or the NBA or WNBA, or whether it be some NFL players and stuff like that, just kind of, um, you know, interviewing my friends and kind of getting an insight on their journeys and also their memorable moments, but also getting to know the people as well. And we just talk about social and current issues um, off the court, and we also talk about their influences, and we play some fun games on there too. So it's kind of a cool platform to kind of see athletes just kind of just beat themselves. Um, so yeah, check it out. It's on YouTube. It's called Take Notice, and yeah, it's under my uh, my YouTube channel. Yeah, I'll definitely link to it down below, so everybody definitely take some time and, and check it out. I think it's ultra important, especially today, for athletes like yourself to brand themselves. So uh, yeah, I, I started uh, 
you know, watching your podcast and I, I really like it. It's, uh, right. it's free flowing. Um, the conversations are great and I love how you can bring in different guests that do offer that unique perspective. So keep it up. Thank you. I appreciate that. Dwayne, before I let you go, I do have a fun segment on the show for you. And I do this with all my guests. It's rapid fire questions. You ready to go? Yeah. Okay. First question I got for you here. What age were you when you first dunked? Oh, seventh grade. How old are you in seventh grade? I forgot. Damn, you you, you were pretty damn young. <laughs> uh, uh, next question here. A uh, player you grew up watching who inspired you the most? Allen Iverson. That's great. Um, if you could have a one-on-one game against any current or former player, who would it be? One-on-one? Any, <laughs> probably Michael Beasley right now. Nice, nice. Um, what's your uh, the most memorable moment of your career thus far? Uh, Final Four, for sure. Uh, University of South Carolina making it to the Final March Madness. That was probably the best moment playing. Beating Duke with Jason Tatum and Luke Kennard and those guys. Grayson Allen. Beating Marquette um, with Marcus Howard and those guys. And then... Uh, yeah, beating Baylor, um, beating a very talented Florida with Chioza, who's in the NBA, and, you know, uh, with Dev. And then um, also, yeah, then get an opportunity to play Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, that was also pretty cool as well, um, playing against a historic school, especially a school that's been so kind to Canadians. Uh, and then, yeah, playing on that level and just being a part of that atmosphere, yeah, I'll never forget it. And then having our girls team also make it, I think that, yeah, the girls team won it that year. So having us, like, we won around, they won around, and we won around, and they Sweet 16, and we're Final Four, they're Final Four, and then we lose, and they won the whole thing. It was, like, so cool for our state and our city and then also our school. Yeah, that March Madness run is when I uh, first got familiar with you, and that's when uh, we all took notice uh, of you and, you know, what that program did. So that was a very, very special year. Um, What's the best movie you've watched during quarantine? Fight Club. Uh, Fight Club? Yeah. I mean, I've watched it before, but during quarantine, I I watched it again. And I was like, man, Brad Brad Pitt and Ed Norton, like, they really killed that movie. Yeah, yeah. That's a a classic indeed. Uh, Your favorite uh, spot to eat from? My favorite spot to eat from? Uh, Any sushi place, really. (laughs) I can't go wrong with that. And then last one here, uh, Dwayne. What's one hidden talent that you have? I'm a professional bowler. Damn. Everyone knows it. <laughs> That's awesome. You don't hear too many people bowling nowadays. That's great. We yeah. I, we gotta we gotta we gotta do a segment once all this is over of us bowling. <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, everybody who's doubted me, I, I I'm at least a two thirty for sure. <laughs> thirty. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, Dwayne, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I really appreciate you joining the show. And everybody, go check him out. The links to his work is going to be down below. And uh, keep the rehab coming, man. Again, I wish you all the best. And hopefully we can do this again soon. Yeah, thank you. We definitely need you on my show, too. But I appreciate the chance to get on your show. Thanks so much, Dwayne. Take care. (laughs) 